This is JJ Reddick here to talk to you about the JJ Reddick Podcast, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Currently, I play in the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers, but you may know me from my previous teams, the LA Clippers, Milwaukee Bucks, and the Orlando Magic, or from my college days at Duke University. Being a professional basketball player, I have a great opportunity to talk to a lot of interesting people, and the podcast is a place where I can share those conversations with you, the listener. On my show, I sit down with athletes, celebrities, and a variety of other special guests. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the JJ Reddick Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. It is Thursday evening. It is the 2018 NFL Draft. I hope you've had your 41 Coors Lights, just like Lawrence Taylor, Michael Murray. <laughs> How it. you doing? I'm great, Tate Frazier. My first draft with you. I enjoyed it. You know, I enjoyed it. It was uh, interesting. First of all, you know, I think it was uh, fascinating that the first pick. It took so long for mm-hmm. it to to come in maybe cleveland was trying to figure out what they were going to do with four so they waited but they've had one. this pick for six weeks we know they that had it for i think 110 days yes okay so been written down has not been changed december not been 31st they were on the clock mm-hmm. but um look i i think it's it was fun it was an interesting draft i mean there was a lot of going back and forth and you know nobody can actually always predict what the pick's going to be because you're thinking fit instead of how people's boards are but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, this could be a draft where maybe the last quarterback pick, Tate Frazier, might be the best quarterback, and the first quarterback may not be. Well, it's, it's sort of like an inverse. You would think Baker Mayfield was a guy that has sort of, you know, caught, caught the hearts of America and, and the football fan, as you see it, the casual football fan. But he has these knocks of, you know, he didn't play in a pro-style system. You know, he was a little bit shorter than most people would want him to be right. to be a prototypical quarterback. His hands aren't as big. All these knocks on him, you would think, would knock him out of the number one slot. But not the Cleveland Browns, who no, had him written had, down for six had, weeks. Look, and I think very clearly, I think you have to be – you, ha- you have to be lenient on today in terms of overjudging the players. Mm-hmm. And so I-, I wasn't a big Baker Mayfield fan. I respected what he did. I respected his, his competitiveness. But I thought there was times in the Georgia game specifically where when he had to make tight throws and tight windows, he couldn't do it. But that not being said, I think this. If you're John Dorsey and you're Elliot Wolf and you're Scott McClure, you're sitting there and you want to pick Baker Mayfield, you, you have to believe that – no one's going to pick them if you waited to four. Mm-hmm. So you could end up with Chubb and Mayfield, or you could end up with Rokon Smith and Mayfield, or you could end up with Barkley and Mayfield, however you wanted to do it. I think I have the biggest problem with the Browns draft management than actually trying to kill the picks. The picks, to me, are all subjective. We all don't know. If, is Denzel Ward the fourth best player in the country? I didn't think so. But that's going to play out. We're going to have time to analyze that. Was he the best corner? I didn't think so. Mayock didn't think so either. <laughs> Jair Alexander was what right, most but, people thought. But from let's Louisville. let it all play out. Where mm-hmm. I think I have the biggest issue with Cleveland was I thought their draft management was horrible. But let's just take it even a step further. Let's say if you, let's say you tr- you picked one and four, and we talked about this on GM Street. Then how about trading up into the second end of the first round, and you could end up with three picks. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have traded up to. 20 or you could have given away some of those picks and you could have had Barkley, Chubb, or Nelson, Rokon Smith, and then maybe even Ward if you want them, and then come around and pick Lamar Jackson at the bottom of the round. So for me, I, 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 I'm I not sure I enjoy – I like their draft management. Mm-hmm. And you talk about value. I mean, the number one pick, I mean, there was no other team – Going out and, and gallivanting the fact that they wanted to take Baker Mayfield number well, one. They just they fell they fell flat. They believed the rhetoric that the Jets were going to pick Mayfield. at number three. They, they, th- they believed that, which was completely wrong. Mm-hmm. Which was completely wrong. The Jets like Josh Rosen. I mean, now I'm sure the Jets front office like Baker Mayfield, but the Jets as a whole like Josh Rosen. They like Sam Darnold more. I don't think the Jets ever thought that Sam Darnold was going to make it to them. I don't think they ever thought that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if they were going to pick, they were probably going to pick Josh Rosen. It wasn't going to be Mayfield. And I think where Cleveland got scared was, look, we're we're not – why should we trade? If we lose the guy, we can't afford to lose the guy. And that's why they did it. So I I have a problem with their draft management, how they structured the draft, how they thought about some things. You know, how the players turn out, that remains to be seen. To me – they weren't my top players. To me, I think they did Chicago a huge favor. I think they did Indianapolis a huge favor. I think they did Denver the biggest favor of all. I mean, Denver ends up with Bradley Chubb because of this. Now, let's just talk about this. Clearly, Dorsey was worried about 
Denver picking Denzel Ward. Mm-hmm. And I reported this on GM Street a long time, about a couple weeks ago, but Denzel Ward was a hot commodity for Denver. Yes. And he didn't want to trade away from that. The Ohio State cornerback. Ohio yeah. State corner. So here's what happens. When you fall in love with a player, then you, don't, you, you end up taking a player where he doesn't belong. You, you stay there. Whereas if you say, look, there's a range of players I like, I'll move back. That's what Ozzie Newsom did tonight. He moved back. He had a range of players he liked. And then when he had a chance to move into the first round, he did it. And he let the dominoes fall, and then he made a decision after that. And... Because he had a lot of players he liked. Mm-hmm. You know, the same thing that, you know, everybody talked about the Patriots were going to trade. The Patriots had players they liked. They got locked in at thir- they got locked in at 31. You knew the Eagles were going to trade. Baltimore wasn't going to trade with New England. You know, they want to wait and see what happened there. And then Lamar Jackson comes up and there's the deal. So you bring up Denver and we we have this situation here where we had three surefire guys that were in the draft coming into it. We had Quentin Nelson, the tackle. We had Bradley Chubb, the defensive end. And we had Roquan Smith. Those are the three guys that we 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 put as the the top tier talent in the draft. You take that guy, you know, you have a framework for a future Pro Bowl type, right. of, type of player. The Browns have two chances to get to to get at least two of those guys. Right, they get none of them, so that leads to a domino effect where we're now we're moving down the draft, and that leads to these three teams, and especially Bradley Chubb, who we both thought is the best player in the draft going right. to Denver. And look, Denver was was willing to trade that pick to Buffalo. Buffalo mm-hmm. thought they had a deal with five. Buffalo couldn't make the deal because they saw Bradley Chubb here. And here's where it really becomes effective for Denver. Denver did what I thought Cleveland should have done. Denver took a player to play opposite of Von Miller. Mm-hmm. So when the protection slides towards Von, which it always does, you have a chance to have a really good player isolated on a one-on-one matchup and you could take advantage of it. Cleveland, Miles Garrett is always going to get a slide protection to him. He's an effective pass rusher. You put Chubb on the other side, all of a sudden, here's the blueprint. Look, the Eagles showed us all. It's the most important position in football. The Eagles didn't cover anybody. They rushed them. They rushed people. They created turnovers. And I think to Cleveland, you know, taking a corner when you can get another dominant defensive rusher, for me, that's always a, that's always been a violation. And, and it's now a trend in, in the NFL. After we saw the Eagles do that, you see a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right. a team that was sitting there. A lot of people thought they may take the best player available, quote-unquote, which is Derwin James at the time, a secondary player. But they go, no, we're going to get Vito. We're going to put him next to McCoy. Right. McCoy's getting doubled, and now we're going to give him some help on the inside. Right. And I, I think the other thing, Tate Frazier, about this draft that became crazy crystal clear and we always thought it was we talked about it on GM Street a bunch and it be- it became crystallized with the the Saquon Barkley pick and then you listen to what Dave Gettleman said afterwards I mean you know Gettleman's talking about Eli throwing the ball really good mm-hmm. he's talking about Davis Webb is impressive he's talking about how they're really you know how Barkley was by far the best player it was the easiest guy to graft I mean their evaluation of where they are as a football team in terms of their quarterback position, is vastly different than where I think they are and where some people, other other people in the NFL think they are. But that being said, they went ahead and picked a running back when you know they have holes in the offensive line. They didn't do that. Look, I like Barkley. I've said it all along. But to pick a running back, the second pick overall in the draft, I think you're picking a Bentley when you can get a Porsche later. And you're talking about a guy, Dave Gettleman, that is not necessarily known for doing this. We've talked about it <laughs> extensively on this podcast that he usually leans defensively. But I thought it was an interesting quote that came out. He said that a lot of teams want to trade a hot dog and popcorn for the number two pick, which gives you a little bit of an insight that he, he, he maybe wanted someone to come up and try to get this pick from him so he could go yeah, but I don't be think like he wanted LA. to go too far down. Mm-hmm. I don't think he. Might, I mean, why would you want to go too far down? But you know, this draft is really fascinating. Okay, pick one and two are quarterback, running back. Pick thirty-two and thirty-one are quarterback, running back. And if so, Sonny Michelle is just slightly below Barkley, mm-hmm. a and, Porsche, a Porsche. And say Lamar Jackson is just – I mean, you're talking about now the difference in the round. I mean, it's kind of interesting how it all panned out. Now, look, I like Barkley. I'm not in love with Mayfield. I like Barkley. And to me, you know, I, again, I'll say this. This is this is a Porsche. Mayfield, to me, was the value – and this is what I, I tweeted out. The thing that I had a problem with Mayfield was is – you know, when you draft someone, you want the value of that player to stay high. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you want that to stay high. When they pick, when they turn that card in, there's no way they could have traded Baker Mayfield for Deshaun Watson. There's no way they could have traded Baker Mayfield for two number one picks down the road. I mean, they lost. You value. can even make the argument that the Ravens wouldn't trade Lamar Jackson right now for Baker Mayfield probably, with the way that they have the they, infrastructure. They set probably up. wouldn't do it. You know, and so for me, you passed on Deshaun Watson last year. Now I know that wasn't John Dorsey. I know that mm-hmm. was Sashi. But you've collected all these picks. 
it still matters how the picks play. You can collect all the picks you want, but it matters how they play, and it's going to be fascinating to see what Baker does. And you talk about value, and I think this is a good example between two GMs that are sort of stuck in in the same situation here. You have Gettleman here at number two. He's trying to trade back, but he says to himself, I can't get the value that I wanted this pick, but I know it's a valuable pick. I'm going to take who we believe the best player in the draft is. We're going to take Saquon Barkley. Even if the Giants don't necessarily love Barkley, they take him there because they think he has the best value. At number four, the Cleveland Browns are in the same predicament with Dorsey they don't necessarily have a guy they want they're trying to get teams to call in and make the trade but instead of taking the best value which would be Bradley Chubb most would say they take a guy that they like more right and, and, and they take right. Ward and look they were talking to teams all through the draft about trading the fourth pick but they were not going to trade the fourth pick until they were on the clock now why I don't know now I thought that the reason they wouldn't trade the fourth pick in fact I text somebody in the league I said is the reason they're not going to trade the fourth pick because they want Barkley he said oh no no they want Ward he said, oh, no, they want Ward. Everybody knew they wanted Ward. Mm-hmm. Now, I just think they got spooked by Denver at five, and they got spooked by the Jets at three, and that's why they did it. And I think they didn't have enough guys on their board that they liked. To me, like if they take Chubb and then trade back into the first round and get another corner, get, go get Mike Hughes at the bottom. Like I, I just Unless you think Denzel Ward is Deion Sanders mm-hmm. or Charles Woodson, you know, and and the, not Justin Gilbert. And not Justin Gilbert. And he can make plays. On the knock on, the reason why people's board were different, where Alexander was higher than Ward, was because Alexander makes more plays on the ball. Mm-hmm. Ward's not a great playmaker on the ball. He's athletic. He can run all that stuff. But he doesn't make plays on the ball. So that's where that became a problem. But look, I think Denver did the smart thing. They stayed where they were. They, they didn't go through the Josh Allen thing. And they made a pick. And I want to talk about uh, the number three pick, and that was the New York Jets. And it was a team that we talked about. Josh Rosen was their guy. And that's most likely because they thought that Sam Darnold would be gone because yeah, they either had the-, the Cleveland Browns would take him number one. Most people thought that that would happen. Or maybe the Giants were to take him at number two. But regardless, they had Rosen number one. Darnold kind of falls into their lap. Is this a good situation for the Jets? Look, I think it is. You know, look, I, I think they have an opportunity where they got a really good player who, look, I, one thing about Sam Darnold, and I am hard on his turnovers, but I think Sam Darnold. Darnold needs a lot of coaching. I think Sam Darnold with Jordan Palmer has gotten better. Now, I'm not being critical of T. Martin and what's happened over there at USC, but I think there's a lot of areas where you can get some improvement in Sam Darnold because there's a lot of talent, and I think there's going to be a higher ceiling for him. The Jets got lucky. I mean, the Jets got really lucky. They get a they get a guy that, you know, Rosen – has got some concerns about him medically, whether the concussions, whatever that is, you know, can, you know, he's had, had missed a game with a concussion. You take a quarterback who's missed a game with a concussion, you have to worry about that down the road, right? So they get away from that and they get a really good player. They get a guy who can build their team around. I mean, this is a, this proved out to make the Jets look, the Jets went from six to three. Mm-hmm. If they would have picked Rosen at three, they basically would have wasted all those draft picks because they could have got Rosen at six, right? They would have wasted it. Now they get Darnold at three. It's It makes their trade easier to swallow than it would have been had they not. And they didn't give up the world to get up to to say a number one. Like you, If the Browns were shopping that number one pick and saying, we're going to take Darnold as the smoke, smoke, smoke screen to get the value and get the Jets to trade all the way up to number one to take that pick. I mean, they, 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 it, it just sort of fell in their lap. The same way that the Cleveland Browns, they did so many things that were kind of off the radar moves that it yeah, led that, to so many people winning. And look, and the teams that benefited from them are Chicago, who get Rokon Smith. I mean, Chicago's dancing in the streets. They mm-hmm. got a dominant defensive player in their front seven. They proves their speed of their defense. Indianapolis gets a Pro Bowl guard that never thought they were going to get him there. Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, name. they get a Pro Bowl guard, and then Chubb goes to Denver. I mean, Chubb at Denver is, is with that crowd noise in Denver, and with Von Miller on the other side, that's a that's a three run homer. So, you know, it, again, I'm not trying to be picking on Cleveland, and I and I respect John Dorsey and Elliot, all those people. I think their draft management had a lot to be desired, and I just can't, for the life of me, Tate Fraser, I just can't figure out how. Baker Mayfield can improve his stock in one year so dramatically. Like, Mm -hmm. that bothers me. Like, there's a reason why. The ACC Player of the Year two years in a row, Lamar Jackson, does it. The ACC has Florida State in it. The Mm -hmm. ACC has some good teams in it. Clemson, Clemson, okay? He's the Player of the Year when Deshaun Watson is in his conference, Mm -hmm. okay? The man that went and led a team to the national title. Okay, but all right. But for me, I just can't get my hands around where this Baker Mayfield is. Mania. It's mania. Where it came from. Mm -hmm. Okay, he went to Texas Tech as a walk-on. Great. Okay, he played there as a freshman, made freshman all, made all, was all the freshman of the year, offensive player. Okay, but then Cliff Klingsbury said, "Hey, 
the job's open come spring. He said, no, 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 I'm going to be the start. No, the job's open. Since he was a walk-on, they allowed him to transfer to Oklahoma. That, that, that statement right there bothers me. Okay, that bothers me that Cliff wasn't going to just give him the job. That bothers me. And this is a program now that's been struggling to find a quarterback well, since he, he left. because he had Patrick Mahomes there. He mm-hmm. couldn't beat out Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, where did he go, 12th, 13th, 11th? 15th, something yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever he went last year. This guy went the first pick overall. He couldn't beat him out of te- Texas Tech. So I, I just think, to me, I'm having a hard time getting my hands around how he can just escalate that high up the ladder. And it's it's just an interesting situation as you look from just a, a full picture landscape of where college football is right now for this for this situation to, to get to this point. If you told someone last you know springtime at this time that Baker Mayfield was going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft, they you. would have thought that he grew four inches and he threw fifty touchdowns. They would have laughed. I, and I'm I tweeted that out. If somebody would have said Lamar uh, uh, Baker Mayfield was going to be the first pick overall in the draft in September to every team in the league, if they would have sent that, they would have said you're crazy. No, nobody, I promise you, nobody had him. In their fall, in their spring scouting, going into the fall as a first round player. The one interesting wrinkle too that I have seen that even Dorsey pointed out that they loved the moxie, they loved you know the way that he carried himself as a competitor, and I, and there there is no knock on that for Baker Mayfield. No. But a lot of that comes from having a chip on your shoulder and being a guy that is a walk on, being a guy that is not valued to be a starter at right. Texas Tech and then going to Oklahoma to earn a scholarship. When you're the number one pick, there there's nothing to hide from oh, now. You you yeah. everything is on you. You are now the guy, and, and I think that'll be an interesting And if situation. you can't deliver, if you can't deliver... And it's the first time you've been the touted guy. Right. It's, and if you can't deliver, and you got to play in Cleveland and Windy Stadium in November and December, and you got to make some really tight throws in, in some, some tough conditions some against tough the conditions Pittsburgh Steelers and the, the Baltimore Steelers, yep. who are fast on defense. Mm-hmm. See, this is what I don't think people understand about quarterbacks, is, is when the defense becomes faster... It, it, it's really important for the quarterback to be fast, to be deliberate, to be precise, and to make those and, – and it's the small margin of error. It goes back to what Brett Favre always said about, hey, some quarterbacks can hit the doorknob, some can hit the door, and the great ones throw it through the keyhole. And that's where you got to do it. And in that weather – whoa, that's a problem. And let's talk about a guy that's going to be in some weather and another quarterback, the 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 – third quarterback that was taken in this draft and that is Josh Allen uh, quarterback out of Wyoming someone that many would say probably would hopefully hit the door definitely would not throw it through the keyhole he's had some accuracy issues but he does have the hands he does have the six foot five frame right. and he does seem like the right fit for the Buffalo Bills you know I, I think Buffalo is going to have to develop this guy and grow with them and hope they can correct some of the accuracy issues now Jordan Palmer claims that he's fixed some of this through his workout through time that he has Jordan Palmer I mean it's he's amazing a, he's fixing everybody he's George Whitfield must be jealous he needs to get his broom back out to George Whitfield? No, we got to get the broom back. I, I mean, so anyway, you know, they think they can fix it. I think the weather, you know, I tweeted out that, you know, Laramie, Wyoming, I get their weather's bad, mm-hmm. but Laramie, Wyoming doesn't have a lot of pro players playing on the field with the weather. Yeah, Laramie Tunsil is not playing in Laramie, Wyoming. Well, or, or any of those great corners are playing up there in that conference. So when you're inaccurate by just a little bit with weather, mm-hmm. it really becomes a big factor. So, uh, you know, for me, I think it's it, it's going to be fascinating to see if they can correct these accuracy issues. And I think they have to build a team around him, Tate Frazier, to compensate for this. You can't – like they have Kelvin Benjamin, good. Mm-hmm. When you have an inaccurate quarterback, you got to have big receivers. You can't have little guys that need the ball in perfect play. I mean, Danny Amendola – Brady put the ball where it needed to be most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. At Gronk, you can put the ball anywhere and he's going to catch it, right? So that's the kind of that's what I'm trying to talk about here. So that's I think Buffalo has to build their team with receivers, you know, Zay Moore, all those Jay Jones, those guys that have to be long wingspan that because this kid's not going to improve accuracy quickly. And that is exactly what uh, McDermott and uh, obviously you know Billy B. All, all those guys that are up in Buffalo came from Carolina. They were with Cam Newton. They saw Cam Newton who has groomed himself to be an MVP type quarterback and this was some of the knocks that he had coming out so uh, not to say that Josh Allen and Cam Newton have much in common but they do have that uh, as far as McDermott being involved let's talk about the Bears quickly Roquan Smith falls to the 8th spot I mean mean, he's one of the three guys we had at the top they they couldn't turn the card in fast enough I mean, they couldn't. In Vic Fangio's defense, mm. you talked about him being Patrick Willis. I talked about him being Derek's, Derek uh, Brooks. I mean, this is going to be perfect. He fits right in. He might that. look like Erlacher out there chasing down people and next year. That's what he's going to look like. And I mean, he's going to make and he's going to make a ton of plays, and he's going to give them a better team speed. I mean, this is a great pick. The the interesting pick is is finally San Francisco f- trying to fix their offensive mm-hmm. line. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge pick for for Jimmy G for, for Jimmy your boy. G. Speaking of Jimmy G, mm-hmm. let me ask you this. Riddle me this, Batman. Yes. If you, this is what fascinates me about the NFL. If just hypothetically, if the Cleveland Browns said to the Patriots, we would trade you the first overall pick 
for Jimmy Garoppolo, they would say, no, there's no way we would do The Browns would say, we're not doing that, right? Nobody would say that, right? But today, today, could you get Baker Mayfield for Jimmy Garoppolo? No. But nobody, nobody, but see, nobody puts the names in to the draft pick that you're trading. If you told me, if you told me you were going to pick Jimmy Garoppolo, if you were going to pick Baker Mayfield, I'll take it a step further. If you called the Patriots and said, I have Denzel Ward and, and Baker Mayfield, and I want to trade both of them for Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think they'd I don't make think that trade. I do it either. You know, I don't think they are. I, I mean, that's where I'm having a problem with it. That's where I'm having a problem with but it. But Bradley Chubb and Quentin Nelson is a different story, and that, that's where we talk about value and where right, you make these Right, that's exactly picks. right. You, you want to trade Bradley Chubb for Jimmy Garoppolo? I'm able to make that deal. You want mm-hmm. to trade... Quentin Nelson for that? I'm Roquan Smith, Smith. I'm doing that deal. Yes. See, that's where I have a problem with it. Anyway, I know we got off the Jimmy G, but McGlinchey gives them a, a, a right tackle that really helps. They need this for their offensive line. They're protecting him. They wanted Ro- they were one hair away from getting Roquan Smith, and I thought they were going to take get him, and but they went with the tackle. And we, we talked about Roquan Smith possibly being the next Patrick Willis. That would have worked out if he went to San Francisco. I will say this for McGlinchey, six foot eight, three hundred nine pounds, thirty four inch arms. He's pro ready. Everyone's expecting him to be ta- ready to go. And, and the, here's the other thing for for the 49ers. There's no tackles in this draft. It's a poor tackle draft. I mean, mm-hmm. we you know jumping down the Raiders take Colton Miller at fifteen. That's a little bit of a reach. He's not a physical player. You know, now he's going to play right. Got to run Smash Mouth football, you know. That. You know, but he's not a real physical player. He's going to have to grow into that, you know. And, and then the Raiders trade a third round pick that they got to move down for Martavius Bryant with the character. The seventy ninth pick for Martavius Bryant. Yeah, and, and I, I'm just going to say this to you right now. I mean, he's going to have a hard time learning that stuff for John Gruden's offense. I mean, it's not going to be. You tell me, for Spider it. Two Wide Banana is not going to be Bryant's. I, I think thing. it's going to be a hard thing to do. I knew they were going to do something to get a receiver, but to me, you know, Randy Moss got traded for a fourth. Bennett got traded for a third. Come mm-hmm. on, really? Mm-hmm. Seriously? Okay, yeah, let's that, go back to it. That's a life lesson. Uh, number 10, the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, this was the time, if you were not watching the draft, uh, all the quarterbacks were being taken. Josh Rosen is shaking in his boots. He's looking very frustrated, trying to figure out what's going to go on. He actually said after the draft that uh, nine teams made nine mistakes before he was picked 10th <laughs> by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, what do you have to say about Rosen? Look, I, I think, you know, Steve Keim, I, I thought he was going to go up for Lamar Jackson because of Bruce Wilkes, Arians yeah. and, and Wilkes figuring that he had – you know, he had a quarterback like Cam Newton, and he understands that kind of offense. Cam Newton's influence is everywhere in the you NFL. You would think it would be, right? Mm-hmm. You would think, look, we played with Cam Newton, and, you know, Cam wasn't the most accurate guy at Carolina. I mean, there's things that Cam doesn't do well. But, you know, he went for Rosen, who's a really good passer. I think the, the concerns about Rosen for me are going to be the health issues. Can he do that? And can he really get together with his team and build the chemistry in the locker room. I think it's going to be interesting to see. You know, and, look, look, Arizona was desperate to find a quarterback, and they had to make the move, and they did. And they they actually gave up three picks to get Rosen. So they gave up the 15th pick, the 79th pick, and the 152nd pick to yeah. get Rosen. So, so. I mean, you know, desperation there. I, I mean, look, I, I, the other team that I thought was Mika Fitzpatrick for Miami, really good player. Get a slot corner, comes off there. They needed somebody that could play in the back end. They wanted character guys. I think it's clear. We've talked about this on on GM Street a bunch. They wanted to change the culture of the locker room, and they did. And we should say this. Uh, this is the first time in NFL history, uh, someone can probably fact check this, but I'm pretty sure this is the first time in NFL history that we have had four quarterbacks selected in the first 10 picks. So there's a nice little Amazing. tidbit there. Um, I talked about the Buccaneers a little bit before uh, with Vita bringing him in a defensive tackle for Washington to help Gerald McCoy on that line. Um, the Buccaneers, a lot of people thought that they would take uh, a guy like Derwin James there, but that was a pretty smart pick for them. To, I, I to think stick they need to the fix the look. I yep. think they learned from people at least watch Philly. I mean, you got to have they got Vinnie Curry now. Mm-hmm. They've got you know they've got a from little Philly. bit more. They got from Philly. They got a little bit more rotation. They get a big guy to play inside there to help them again with the run. You know, look, Visa can be a really dominant player, and you know they they moved down just in front of Washington, who wanted obviously we saw Washington take Payne, who's a good player too. But we thought Washington wanted him, so I, you got to give credit for Tampa for making that trade. I like both those picks there I think the most fascinating pick of the night really was the next pick the next pick and that was Deron Payne that went 13th to the Washington Redskins the next pick was the New Orleans Saints a team that trades up to the 14th spot uh Marcus Davenport was who they take out of uh, UT San Antonio but the the buzz and even in the room everyone thought that when they made this trade they were going to take Lamar Jackson well because of what they paid for it Mm-hmm. I mean, look, Ozzy paid a two next year to move into the first, second round. He swap, you know, he p- to do that. So whenever you pay a price of a first, you're either going to get 
a quarterback or a dominant pass rusher, right? So, so they, they send p- the number 27 pick, uh, the number 147 pick, and a first-rounder next year. And, and they moved up 13 spots, mm-hmm. basically, right? For 13 spots, they gave up a one. But this kid is a good player. Mm-hmm. But he's going to have to be DeMarcus Ware. He's going to have to be a dominant player. Because you give up that one, that's a hell of a price to pay. You know, now they had to go get him. They know they needed a pass rusher. I mean, Sean was quote Sean Payton was quoted as saying, "Hey, we it's a must. We come out of the draft." Payton does the same thing that Parcells does when he builds a team. So Parcells has this thing where Parcells basically has three sections of the way he works his his team needs. You know, everybody just kind of Belichick, you'll see him do this all the time with his computer. He gets his laptop out and he has his team needs kind of let organized. So Parcells does it where he says, you know, we must have a player, we want a player, and we need a player. Mm-hmm. And when he mu- and so he has them in three categories: must, have, want. Okay. And so when you must have it, that means you can't play the next year if you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Okay. You can't do that. And so when Sean made the statement, we must have a pass rusher, I know Sean's using that Parcellian approach to how to do those things. We we want a quarterback, but we must have a rusher. So that when the when it came down to Davenport or it came down to Lamar Jackson, they went with the must over the one. But my question is, so they trade up to this 14th spot, and right behind them, 15, is the Raiders. Did they just have no idea what the Raiders were going to do there at 15, or were they worried about the Bills who end up taking Edmonds from Virginia Tech? You know, I, I think there was enough players on the board that, that there was there They was were just not, concerned they may lose right, that. And there's no rushers. I mm-hmm. mean, Tate Frazier, there's no rushers in this draft. I mean, it's a hard draft to do that. And so you had to take the best one you could, and I think they paid a dear price for him. Now, if he comes in and gets some 9, 10 sacks, nobody's going to bitch about it. But if he comes in and gets hurt and gets four and a half and doesn't really take off, you know, then they're going to say, wait, wait a minute. You know, I was sitting there thinking Lamar Jackson in New Orleans. Oh, my. Oh, my. I mean, you know, with Camaro back in the backfield. But look, I I think I think that uh, Davenport's got to play really well for them. Mm hmm. And I will say this, it was a good night for Taysom Hill fans who wanted him to, to keep his backup job down there in New Orleans, <laughs> so that was always nice. Uh, let's get to the Buffalo Bill, or I'm sorry, let's get to the Oakland Raiders, Colton Miller. Uh, you know, the everybody thought the Raiders UCLA. were going to go defense here. You yeah. know, everybody thought they were going to go defense. Let's be honest, nobody knows what the Raiders are going to do. I, I Not even were, John Gruden I thought they would have taken Jari Alexander and they'd take a right tackle. You know, they cut, they cut their right tackle. Uh, this year, it came back. They had a hole at right tackle, so they get Colton Miller. I hope he's strong enough to play. And then you add, they, they got the third-round pick, but then they give the third-round pick to get Martavius Bryant. So they move down. Basically, they move down, what, how many spots? And they end up with Martavius. Five spots. To and get they to get the Martavius 15th. Bryant. Yep. Basically, that's how you look at that trade. And, yeah. you know, whether that works out or not, we'll see. Was this a, a little bit of a, you know, we talked about this was not a very tackle-heavy draft. I mean, was this a bit of a stretch? I mean, he's 309 pounds. A lot of people, most things you see about Colton Miller is that he's a slender tackle yeah, uh, sort he's of a not, smaller not a guy. power guy not a power guy at all I mean in fact I was talking to a team the other day and I was like and I asked the guy do you like Colton Miller and he says yeah I do I said I, I don't see it you know I don't see the power in him mm-hmm. and he said well you got to watch junior tape so I watched junior tape and then he called me back and said well you know that we kind of went back and forth <laughs> now he's that. questioning his own thing yeah, yeah he's questioning his own thing so <laughs> I mean look can he get bigger can he get stronger I don't know, but he fits what really he fits what Tom Cable wants to do and run that zone stuff. But that's not always what Gruden does. So it I, it makes sense in the Cable. Gruden world. said he's going to get in the eye formation with the fullback. Yeah. So I, I don't think that's zone running. Yeah, exactly. But he fits with what I could see. This is what Cable likes. This mm-hmm. is the kind of guy Cable would like. Mm-hmm. And so we'll see if it works out for him. Yeah, we'll see if he's on the roster. Uh, you know, week four with, <laughs> yeah. with how Gruden's going to work this whole thing. Uh, let's get to the 16th pick. The Buffalo Bills, Tremaine Edmonds. We mentioned before the linebacker out of Virginia Tech. Son of Farrell Edmonds, we, the, we the learned. The great Farrell Edmonds from yeah. Maryland. I scouted him when he came out. But, you know, the Edmonds, the Edmonds family had a hell of a night. Yeah. They two had a hell br- of a night. Two, two got, kids getting drafted in the first, first round. First round, Virginia Tech and, and uh, two Good of for them, Beamer Ball. Yeah, both of them from Virginia Tech. I mean, this kid to me is – the only thing I worry about with this guy is his overall instincts, but he is athletic. He's 19 years old. You know, it's funny. His dad, they said his dad – when I scouted his dad, his dad lacked inst- instincts for the position, but he was a great athlete. You said he was a basketball player, basically. He kind of was a basketball player that was playing football. He was big, 6'6", stiff, but could run, mm-hmm. you know. Like a Tony Gonzalez type? Not as, but, but not as fluid, obviously. Not as fluid. But just Tony. big basketball big, player tight vertical, end. You know, vertical guy. Uh, but this kid's so instant, and he could be explosive. He's not as good as Rokon Smith. He can't impact the game, but he kind of can in certain ways. 
you know, and I think Sean will do a good job with him because this gives Sean a guy that can play in his middle of his defense, whether it's the will or the mic, and give him more team speed underneath, which is what they need. When you're a zone team, Tate Frazier, mm-hmm. when you're a zone team like they are, you got to have speed underneath. You can't play if you don't have speed underneath. This kid gives them a lot of speed. So the, that, those are the Bills' two picks for the night. They get Josh Allen. They get their quarterback that they wanted. They get Tremaine Edmonds, a guy that will help them on the defensive side with McDermott's background. Uh, let's get to the 17th pick because at this point, the Los Angeles Chargers are on the clock. A lot of people were expecting them to make a splash. Phillip Rivers is sort of aging out of his position. He's in the same sort of boat as Eli Manning at this point. The Chargers are trying to see if, uh, if they're going to find a man for the future at the quarterback position. But instead, they go with the best player available, the safety out of Florida State, Derwin James, a man that only played 26 games in college. Uh, there's some durability questions, but at the end of the day, he is a yeah, stud a really athlete. And yep. when you look at the scheme of defense with Seattle, the Seattle defense, you get a free safety or a strong safety. You know, you're talking about Cam Chancellor, you're talking about Earl Thomas. This guy fits. You know, you can't argue with the pick. It's a really good pick. I mean, the guy's a great player. I thought they were going to go for the quarterback of the future. I get what they did here. Like, they picked the best player. To me, where I had a little bit of problem with the Chargers is, to me, the Chargers should have tried to come back in the first round. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the Chargers should have given up next year's one, get back into the first, and pick Lamar Lamar Jackson and basically groom him for a year, get the five-year contract, and let Rivers keep going and have somebody else. They need star power out there. I mean, look, they got a good team. Mm-hmm. Look, but Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram, those guys are really good. That's a good football Gordon team. Gordon fixed all the fumble issues. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a, Phillip Rivers is still a great player. That's mm-hmm. a really good team. They just can't seem Keenan to get any Allen. enthusiasm yeah. out there. And, I mean, they need something. And Lamar would have given them some enthusiasm, plus give them the quarterback of their future. That's where I had a little bit of an issue with them. But I can't fault them for picking that. James is a good player. James, by the way – thought Lamar Jackson was the best player he'd ever played against. And and we should also say Derwin James, uh, you know, we talked about the old adage, you have the value of the 17th pick, you take the best player available. You don't take necessarily yeah. who's number one on your board at the yeah, time. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you can, I can, I'm not arguing with the pick. I really mm-hmm. am not. But I just, I'm arguing with their their draft management again, like, okay, come back and get a guy. Thinking about the future. You just can't yeah. wait for it to come to you. You got to go get it. And that's why Ozzie Newsom had a good night. Uh, number 18, though, we're going to get to the Green Bay Packers, and that is Jair Alexander, the cornerback out of Louisville from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, a guy that many people thought was the best corner in the NFL draft. I, I liked him the best. But, you know, look, he's a playmaker. He's fearless. He, he His eyes are always in the backfield because that's kind of – he's always trying to make plays. When he played in, in the Todd Grantham defense, there were a lot of blitzing, so he could squat on routes. He was waiting for things. I thought he's with the return game, he's tough as hell of tackle. Green Bay's different now. Green Bay traded back, and then they traded up. I mean, Ted Thompson wouldn't have moved one inch. He just stayed right there and picked. And I, I think Brian Gutekus showed that he's willing to move Moved down, and then when he saw the opportunity to move up, I mean, he kind of came in there, and, you know, and he jumped ahead of Dallas and he jumped ahead of some teams. I think that was probably a good good pick. I like this pick a lot. Plus, he returns. I think this is a good pick for Green Bay. Absolutely. Uh, and you brought up Dallas. We have to talk about the clapper. He had both of his hands in his pockets the entire time uh, while he was on camera. Yeah. We were very impressed with that. Yeah, uh, good job. Controlled the clapping. Yeah, Coach Clapper That's did a good job. That's what they tell you when you're a detective and you go to a crime scene and you don't have gloves. They tell you to put your hands in your pockets mm-hmm. so you don't instinctively touch something and mess the DNA up or mess the evidence up. Yeah. So I think what the clapper did was he put his hands in his pocket so he wouldn't clap. Yeah, good clapper does not reveal right. his sources of clapping. Clap. Yes, of course. But how great was that draft in Dallas, though? I mean, the facility's <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, that was just fun to watch. All those people, the crowd. I, I think the most shocking moment of the night for all the Dallas fans and even the people on stage was when Roger Goodell tried to use the, the yeah. Staubach and Aikman and, and everyone to like do a smoke screen so everyone Staubach's would cheer. throw into the crowd? Was it amazing? It was a great throw. It was very sad that the people that are cheering, wearing all these football uniforms, can't make a catch. Yeah, you got to make the catch. You if Roger Staubach is in Dallas and he throws you a football, you got to make the catch. It's embarrassing. Catch. Uh, but the Cowboys, a lot of people thought they may take a receiver to replace Des Bryant. They stick to... Uh, no. You know, defense. You know, they need Jalen Smith isn't what he's going to have to come back and prove he can play. If Sean Lee gets hurt, their whole defense breaks down. Mm-hmm. They get a guy who's a one year player, but he's a talented one year player. And they get a guy that fits what they do. They're scheme oriented and he comes in and he's got to play. I mean, we saw the Cowboys break down when Sean Lee doesn't play. And so I, I think this is really a pick to help that out. And we saw a reverberation from this pick. A lot of people were saying that uh, Leighton Vanderish, who is from Boise State, the people were saying that he is going to come in and replace Sean Lee, a guy whose contract is up in 2019. We both think that this may be more to help Smith than it is right, to yeah. necessarily no, I, replace Sean Lee. I don't Sean think Lee. he's coming in. I think Sean Lee, they want Sean Lee to keep being a good player. They just can't keep Sean Lee on the field all the time. Mm-hmm. And then let's get to the Detroit Lions. Uh, they were looking for some help up front for their star quarterback, Matthew Stafford, and they get some help from Arkansas, Frank yeah. Ragnall. 
Look, I, I think whenever you start a program like Matt, Matt Patricia's doing, you start that program, you, you basically, the first player you pick, you want it to be symbolic of who you are. Mm -hmm. You want it to resonate to the team in the locker room. This is what I stand for. And Ragnall is a tough guy. He's a physical player. He likes football. It's really a good pick for Patricia to be able to start his program off and say, hey, these are the kind of players I want around my team. And, you know, and I, and I like him. I like the guy. I like the player. You know, I think he's a really good player. I think they need to be more physical. They need a running back. They need a lot of things to help them. I know they signed LeGarrette Blunt, but they need some things to help. But this really starts. It starts with the front. Detroit needs to fix that offensive line, and I think they did a good job here. This is a good pick if you were a fan of Jim Bob Cooter. Yep. Um, and let's get to the 21st pick if you were a fan of uh, the Cincinnati Bengals. Then you know that there's something in the water in Ohio, and they like to pick guys from Ohio, and they take Billy Price, the center out of Ohio State. Yeah, well, look, they, you know, they lose. They lost Russell Bodine to Buffalo. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a great center for them. They needed to get better North in the Carolina offense. Guy. I know, and had 44 <laughs> on the bench press. I've heard it all, but they needed to get better there, and you know, they need to get better in the offensive line because they got enough talent around the team. I thought they would pick Lamar too. I kind of mm -hmm. thought that would be a sneaky pick for them. And at this point, if you if you're watching the draft, every single team that was coming up on the board, you were waiting for some sort of trade. People were right. trying to see if the Patriots were going to take Lamar. The Bengals were a hot team at one time, and you know, so basically, right now it was Lamar watch. If you were yeah, watching the for NFL us, draft. it was. And then 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 I, I but look, you know, I mean. I, I can't argue with they need a center, they need an offensive lineman. They got Andy Dalton. They don't want to cause any problems, so I think they move on. The next pick, you know, Tennessee thought that this is one of this is a Mike Vrabel pulling a uh, Belichick move. Right, here. they wanted to get Belichick and see because you know, he thought that he was going to take Rashard Evans, you know. But you know, I think where Bill is, if Bill would have thought he was going to lose Evans, he would have moved up. Not it's not the Patriots style. But, you know, the Patriots had – they had needs at left tackle. And they take Isaiah Wynn, who people had as a short left tackle, right? Mm -hmm. But but play tackle at Georgia. But play tackle at Georgia. It so was the, a left tackle, was athletic. They got mm -hmm. away with Matt Light. Now, remember Matt Light years ago was a shorter player. He was a 6'3 tackle. This kid's a 6'2 and a half and change, but he's got longer arms. He's got small hands, but he's got great feet. He's got good balance. You know, he gives him a chance. I don't think Antonio Garcia, the kid they drafted in the fourth round, third round last year, is he going to come back? I don't know. But this gives him a guy to go in and play left tackle. The Patriots could play right now. They could go out and play a game right now with the, with the team they have. All right? But they didn't have a left tackle. Mm -hmm. So now they have that. They can go out and play. To replace Solder. And we should say Isaiah Wynn, for people that have not watched the tape on this guy, you talk about how great the Georgia running backs were, and they were great. This guy made them look great. How good is Georgia program? I, I mean, know. it's unbelievable. It's, I mean, it's really unbelievable. It's something else. But Rashard Evans is a good linebacker. We got to give Mark Rick some credit for oh, that. Yeah, because, no doubt he you know, could recruit. Kirby's but, been great, but Mark Red. But the you know, that's a desk in a school. That's a desk in a phone school. I mean, mm -hmm. all you need is a desk in a phone at that school. They just come to you. I mean, you just got to make sure you pick the right ones. Going back to Rashard Evans, I mean, look, Tennessee needs help at linebacker. They needed a guy. It fits what they do. That gets them a little bit more speed on defense. I like Rashard Evans. I think he's a good player. I, there's times when you watch the tape, I thought he was better than Reuben Foster, but then I didn't. Uh, I think this helps Tennessee. I like this pick for Tennessee. Tennessee is becoming the Patriots of the AFC South. Well, they overnight. just whatever whatever their board is. That's what Detroit and Detroit and and and, uh, and Tennessee do that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, All right, here's your team. Let's yeah. go. <laughs> the number twenty fourth pick. Uh, this is what I've been hoping for for so long. Steve Smith. For people that didn't watch, he was on NFL Network doing some it some coverage great, yeah. outside. It was Steve Mariucci, Troy Aikman. And uh, and uh, Steve Smith all sitting outside. There are three of these guys, and these why are would, why would they have these are three, these are three NFL stars. Why did they have Aikman outside? Let's had, get him inside. They had four quarterbacks picked in the top ten. You got a, you got a Hall of Fame quarterback who watched all the quarterbacks. Put him next to you with a Hall of Fame head coach got, next to a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I like receiver. Daniel Jeremiah, but Daniel Jeremiah was a scout. I mean, like you got a Hall of Fame. Like if they would have said to me, "Look, we want to put Troy in there, Lombardi, even though you were a GM." That's fine. Okay, fine. I get that. You put the quarterback in here. That's mm -hmm. fine. I can sit outside. You know, I mean, but that I expect to sit outside. Yeah, I'm fine to sit outside. Look, but I, look, I, I was always at the inside. kids' table when I was a fat kid. I was always <laughs> at the kids' table. But you know, the, even when I grew up, I was at the kids' table. Mickey wants to put me at the kids' table now. They usually have treats at the kids' table. Yeah, That's they right. always nice. have better snacks. But uh, anyway, but then I thought the line of the night was when Troy said that North Turner's going to put in a, a passing game unlike you've ever seen. What what has Cam Newton been doing? Explain this to me. 
I will tell you this. Uh, I it's not. I'm not going to get into Troy Aikman talking about you know what Norv's going to do with the offense, but what they needed was a possession receiver. And uh, Steve Smith even said this on the program. He said, since I left, since they let him go, since Gettleman let him walk away, you know, he let him leave. He let Norman leave. Uh, he said they have not found a replacement for me. He co-signed and said this is the replacement for Steve Smith. So if you're a Carolina Panthers fan, that is very exciting news because when I watched the tape, when I watched DJ Moore, I said to you, he reminds me of Steve Smith. Yeah, I thought he was the best receiver in the draft. I think he's polished. I think he's tough. Look, what he did at Maryland is really hard to do with as bad a quarterbacks as they had there. They had no quarterback. I mean, they I have mean, nobody. And I could have played quarterback. Stephon Diggs didn't do this. Mm-mm. Just think about that. Stephon Diggs didn't do what he did and how good is Stephon Diggs. Unbelievable. In fact, because of the quarterback, Stephon Diggs, who I thought at the time, when I was doing Stephon Diggs when he was a sophomore, I thought he was going to be a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And because they had so bad quarterbacking, he ends up going in the fifth round and you you kind of dinged them. They were running him at the Wildcat, just yeah. give him the ball. Exactly. This kid ended up making plays. I mean, I... It's going to be interesting to see Norv and Cam adapt to this numerical system where it's going to be a lot of H option. It's going to be a lot of F2. You know, it's going to be a lot of inside routes, how he handles that and how much wildcat and how much trick plays they're going to utilize. I thought Mike Shula did a good job last year. I know he got fired. I thought Mike Shula had his best year coaching. But I also think Cam now will have the best assortment of talent around him as far as there are no excuses. There's not a missing piece. He has his funches on the outside. He has Torrey Smith also on the other side. He has now DJ Moore in the slot. He now has McCaffrey, who we have seen line up in the slot. Right. He now, I mean, Curtis Sam. There, there's so many options now on offense for Cam Newton. And I can think they it's block the first him? Time. Well, that, Norvell left, so who yeah, knows? Norvell left. I mean, can they block him? I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> but you, I can't fault him because there's not a lot of offensive linemen to take here. So, you know, if you could... Now, here comes Baltimore. If you would have told me Baltimore picked Lamar and then Hayden Hurst, I would have said, great. Mm-hmm. But they picked Hayden Hurst and Lamar and give them credit. I, I mean, called him the Brandon Whedon of tight ends, and that's yeah. because he played minor league baseball. He's 26 years old, or 25, player. going on One 26. One of the few guys, he's a good player. He can play on the line. He can play H. It gives them a little weapons in terms of offensively, which is something that they needed. The Max Williams experiment hasn't come quite like they thought it would. And, and remember, they signed Ben Watson, and that didn't really work out. It gives them a chance. But the bigger thing, let's talk about Lamar here. The big thing with Lamar is – it gets they give a chance to get away from Joe Flacco's contract. Mm-hmm. It finally gives them a chance to get away from Flacco's The original heist, the Flacco contract. Well, no, no. Flacco won a Super Bowl. <laughs> you can't call him a heist. I mean, I like I think I still, I'm gonna call him a heist. Or something relating to pass interference I on liked, the field. I like Flacco at a time when he was throwing the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. You know, and I defended Flacco for a lot of years because I thought that they never really ran the system of offense that he needed. They were trying to run West Coast when he really needed to be down the field with, with Kubiak did with them play action down the field but to me Lamar gets him away from that now here's what's going to be fascinating when they go out to practice and they put Lamar out there and they put Flacco it's going to be pretty obvious to the players who they want who's going to who's going to mm-hmm. get them going this could Lamar in the preseason you're going to I mean it's going to be electrifying I mean it's going to be whoa and so he's going to go out there and they're going to have a little package for him I think if Baltimore's smart they have a little bit of a package. And we talked about this on GM Street. This is why they signed RG3. Mm-hmm. Gave, they're, they're building a new offense for Lamar. That's right. This and, is, and RG3 is a typical quarterback that you can put in right. front of Lamar. Because what did we say on GM Street? If they would have drafted Lamar tonight mm-hmm. and then t- tomorrow called RG3 up and said, hey, we want to, we want you on the team, what would, Lamar, what would RG3 have said? He said, I'm not sitting behind a rookie. Exactly. Now he's got no choice. Mm-hmm. That's why that move was indi- indicative of something else was coming down the road. And it's a nice little wrinkle to have a guy like RG3 who he worked out so well his rookie year and everyone had already coronated him so early and then he's seen his career take this you know separate trajectory. So it's nice to have someone like that mentor Lamar as he comes into the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean, he can learn from, hey, look, you got to play every every week. I mean, Flacco, now the heat's on Flacco. Flacco's mm-hmm. going to have to step up That's his game. That's why he can't just sit there yeah, anymore. And, and if you want to make the money, and, and the thing is, you can get away from Flacco contract you get away from it this year or you get away from next year which gives them a chance at least they have options to do that you're talking about options and there was this weird phenomenon that happened a couple days ago with julio jones and the atlanta falcons where you know it was a social media response to him deleting all this stuff you know falcons fans are going crazy wondering what he was going to do but the falcons tonight they draft an alabama wide receiver calvin ridley and bring him in and you know i don't know if that's insurance for julio jones or if it's another additional option to put on the outside with him you know i, I think when they've lost taylor gabriel that gave him that lost that speed element. I think Ridley gives him a chance. And look, Ridley's got to get more physical. He's got to get stronger. But it gives him another weapon. 
And they need that. You know, they need that. They get the back. They get the, the receiver. You know, Julio takes some of the pressure off. I don't know what's going on with the social media account. Maybe he's just tired of it all. All right, and that gets us to our sponsor segment, and this is the Zip Recruiter Smartest Move of the Week, brought to you by Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. The NFL draft, obviously, was tonight, Mr. Lombardi. Uh, what move do you declare the Zip Recruiter Smartest Move of the Week? Uh, I thought the smartest move of the week was Denver taking Chubb, but really it didn't have to be too smart to do it because it just fell in their lap. So what you're saying is there were some dumb moves that led to a yeah, smart move. I mean, it was to me, Denver got lucky. I mean, John Elway's, you know, he's he's happy as hell tonight. I think Lamar Jackson move, I love that move coming into the first round. I think that was a smart move. You know, I, I think what uh, – you know, Buffalo tried to do to get Josh Rosen will play out to whether that's a smart move. But the, to me, the best move was for Baltimore to get back into the first round, get that fifth year of a contract for Lamar Jackson, which is critical, okay? Which is why I thought the Chargers should have done it as well and get get a quarterback of the future. And we should say that, you know, it's usually your best move is your next move, but sometimes your best move is just to sit there and wait. That's right. That's Patience a great, is a virtue, as they say. Patience is a virtue, especially and, if you see what's going on in front of you. <laughs> Absolutely. That was the smartest move of the week, and that was brought to you by ZipRecruiter. 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter find a quality candidate through the site in just one day. Try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Ringer NFL, the smartest way to hire. And let's get to the Seattle Seahawks. The number 27 pick, they yeah, take Rashad Penny, the running yeah, back from is, San Diego State. this is State. kind of an interesting pick. I mean, this, they needed, they have so many need. They traded down. We talked about them wanting to trade down. They did. I thought they were going to trade out of here again, mm -hmm. which I think they probably should have done. And it didn't look like in their draft room they had any offers to get out of here. You know, but I think they should have tried to move away, but they couldn't do it. You know, Penny's a good player. I'm not sure that, you know, picking a back for Seattle with all the things they needed you know, that they could have gone a lot of different directions. I know Seattle's taking a lot of heat from the socially from the social mm -hmm. media accounts. I mean, it's going to be an interesting pick. I think the guy runs for me. I don't like running backs, Tate Frazier, that run vertically. Run that tall. Run, run tall. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. They always get hurt. Run like receivers. They run like receivers. Now, somebody said, well, Jamal Charles, you know, Jamal Charles had a little bit of a lean to him. This kid runs a little vertical. But what happened? Jamal Charles, unfortunately, he had some injuries. You get hurt. Yeah. That's what bothers me. So, you know, I think Seattle has to take a real close look at what they're doing. They've had that one great – they had that, draft, that great draft, and since then they haven't been as good. And they got to figure it out. Right now, they're not off to a great start. And it, it seems like they're still trying to find that Marshawn Lynch replacement at the running yeah. back position. The, but, the unfortunate thing with Penny is that he was tabbed as a guy that does not do well in pass protection. Yeah, no, I mean that's the problem. I mean that, that's they're looking for Marshawn Lynch, but you know they could have taken Grice or Michelle. But now I think Michelle's knees were a problem. He's got bone on bone. Now what that problem is saying that what the medicals saying there is he probably won't have a second contract. Well, most backs probably don't have a second contract. Like, Michelle's a better player to me than Penny. I, they're, they're, and I don't think Seattle would argue with that. I think Seattle must have had a medical on Michelle. Well, and you got to talk about pass protection, and Sonny Michelle is by far the best pass, but, pass protector in the drafts as far as running backs go. Uh, the 28th pick that we're also, the whole time here, we're still in Lamar watch, so the Steelers right. are there at 28. You're thinking about maybe a guy that that comes in and, and backs up Ben for one season, learns, learns the ropes from him, but instead they take the second Edmonds brother, Terrell Edmonds, the safety from Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought it was great. Ryan Shazier walked up there and gave the pick. I think that's awesome. It was tremendous. It was an amazing moment. It was an amazing moment, and I, and I feel good about that. The Steelers, they were wanted to improve their linebacking core. They wanted to improve the middle of their defense. They felt like that's what they need to do. I think they're tired of watching Gronk run down the field, and maybe they feel like Edmonds can match up and be the guy that can take them out. All these moves are predicated to stop somebody you can't beat, and Pittsburgh can't beat New England. Mm -hmm. So maybe Edmonds gives them a demand mention that can do that. I think he may. I, I like the Edmonds family. We talked about the Chubb family and how impressive they were. The yeah. Edmonds won tonight, no, so they, congratulations. They, they, they won the night. There's no doubt. Uh, let's get to the number 29 pick, and we're also, once again, we're on Lamar. Watch the Jacksonville Jaguars, a team with Blake Bortles, a quarterback, always looking for another option, but instead they go with Taven Bryan, the defensive tackle. I, I really thought they were going to pick Lamar. I really did. Somebody in the league told me that, that Lamar wouldn't get past Jacksonville if he made it that far, and, and that surprised me. And they take an inside nickel rusher, which, look, Jacksonville's going to take Jacksonville subscribes with Tom Coughlin to the New York Giants grading system. They're going to want clean players, which means they don't have anything. They want size, speed, clean. This kid's got really good first-step quickness, Tavon Bryant. Tavon Bryant, he's got good quickness. I don't like him on the second step. I think he gets bounced around a little bit too much in there, but he's a nickel rusher, 
and he'll fill a really good situation. Because their defensive line has so much depth in it, he'll be able to play 20 plays and have an impact. If he has to play 40, I don't think he'd be as good. I'm going to read the names here on the Jacksonville Jaguar defensive line for people that don't know. Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, Marcel Darius, Taven Bryan, Avery Jones, Yannick, you know, can't even say his last name, yeah. but Ngakwe, Dante Fowler Jr. I think I got it. Dewan Smoot. So yeah. th- th- no, that's ridiculous. That, that's Philadelphia Eagle kind of depth. Yeah. I mean, that's where, and, and they got a better secondary than Philly has. Well, they're basically the AFC Eagles at no, this they, point. And look, if you look, I'll say this again. If they would have had Deshaun on their team instead of Fournette, they would have won the Super Bowl. Or maybe right, Lamar let's go Jackson. To another, well, that, we're, we're already going too long here. Let's go. Let's go. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Mike Hughes, uh, the quarterback out of Central Florida. I like Mike Hughes. I think Mike Hughes makes plays on the ball. I had him as a, as a, as a, as a good player. I had him in my top 15 of defensive players. I think he's got range. He's instinctive. He knows how to make plays on the ball. He shows a burst. It's a good pick for, for, for look, one thing about Mike Zimmer, it's not hard to figure out. He takes corners. He'll take defensive ends. He takes some offensive linemen. You can just put Arden Key on the Vikings. Mm-hmm. He's the classic guy. Mm-hmm. He's the guy who underachieves in college, doesn't play real well. Minnesota will get him like Daniel Hunter, and next thing you know, he'll have eight sacks. Yep, and that's exactly what Mike Hughes will do. You talk about some guys that are getting long in the tooth on the back end yeah. with that secondary. He'll fit in perfectly with Zimmer. Uh, the New England Patriots, they come up 31. We're still in Lamar watch. We're still wondering what's going to happen. They go with your guy, Sony Michelle, the running back out of Georgia. I love Michelle. I think he's a great player. I really do. He's my second favorite back in the draft. I think he's explosive. Seven yards a carry, can catch, can run. I mean, he's going to make their spread. He's a better Deion Lewis. I mean, I love Deion, but this kid's a more powerful, more physical Deion Lewis. He gives them something that that they really lose in Lewis that they didn't have. I think it's a great player. The only concern is the medical. If he can stay healthy for five, six years, it's a great pick. When you talk about big play factors on the New England Patriots, Sony Michelle is going to be a type of athlete that we have not seen there in quite some time. Yeah, I mean, Dion, Dion had it, but this kid's more explosive and he's mm-hmm. bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, this kid's more explosive and bigger. This kid, this kid. This is no alert. dink and dunk. This no, is this handing is, the ball one no, cut, and you might have a seventy-yard touchdown. Yep. Uh, the last pick, and then this was a trade. They trade back in the Baltimore Ravens, a team that everyone was very upset with when they made the Hayden Hurst pick, but they redeem, they repent their sins and they come back into the first round and they draft Lamar Jackson yeah. now a first round quarterback. And we talked about we fifth thought, year option. We thought that uh, we thought Baltimore was a, was a team that would pick them. And uh, you know, and they ended up doing it the thirty second pick. Give Ozzy credit. I think it's a great pick. I think John Harbaugh had an interest in the quarterback. I think they wanted to go somewhere else. This gives them some options. And I think this will be a really interesting place for him to go to. Because remember now Greg Roman, the offense, the co-offensive coordinator, he had Kaepernick in San Francisco. So he's had a guy that has a little bit of style in terms of how to run this. So it'll be interesting. I think they'll have a package for him right away. I think he'll go in there sometimes for Flacco during the regular season, and he'll put the defense on alert. Do we have a situation ever where Lamar Jackson is in a game doing great in his packages, running his 15 plays, and the Ravens just let him go, and it's the end of Flacco? It's the end of Flacco. It'll be the end. It'll be soon. It's coming. It's, it's coming. Happens. Take that, Flacco. Uh, well, this has been another edition of GM Street. This is the wrap-up of the first day of the first round of the NFL draft. We will be back Monday. To wrap up the whole thing. Yes, to wrap up the entire draft. Uh, and then you're going to go uh, back to the East Coast, correct? No, I'm gonna. Well, I got to go back to East Coast for a day, but that's but, only on Wednesday. I'll be uh, back. I'm we'll be back Monday. We'll, we'll be in personal Monday to wrap up the entire draft. Uh, we appreciate everyone for listening. This has been a fun GM Street, and congrats to all 32 teams on all the new players. Great day. Thanks, Dave Fraser. 